The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com. The wait is over. The Shy returns with new episodes on Paramount+. Plus. What brings you to the show? Opportunity. Everybody get down! Walk right up to the side. A new rain is coming to the south side. Never should have sent a boy to do a woman's job. The Shy. New episodes May 10th. Visit ParamountPlus.com slash The Shy to get a 50% discount off the Paramount Plus with Showtime annual plan. Offer ends July 14th. Subscription auto-renews. Restrictions apply. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast. Katie Mox and Will Brinson here, joined with our Pick Show squad, Alex Selznick and Emery Hunt of Sportsline. Uh, I'm pretty, I'm doing pretty good today, guys, after that uh, Sunday night football game. But the last yeah. episode, the Super Friends dug into week five of the NFL season. Breach, Wilson, and Brinson diagnosed Dak as Dallas's problem and applauded the Jags for really getting this London thing. Um, seems to be that that's the only place they can win. You can watch that episode on our YouTube channel or the audio version wherever you get your podcasts. And uh, feel free while you're there to like, comment, and subscribe. And um, guys, we're going to take a look at early leans for week, I feel like we're in week six now of the NFL. We are. Yes, week six now. That's why I'm NFL. yawning because I'm, I, I'm like, I'm, I'm not yawning, but I'm like, I'm trying not to. Like, it's week six and it's like, I know, Katie, you said the other day, but like you, like you, I mean, like you, you've obviously been a football fan for a long time, but like yeah. you're, you know, um, I've never worked this much in football though. Yeah. So like, you, you know, when they say the rookie wall, mm-hmm. wait till Thanksgiving, wait till, wait till Halloween, like Thanksgiving, you're like, why is this stupid season over? Like, like, and then, I mean, like I love football every week. It like gets my, you know, gets my juices going, but, um, week six, you start to get like the, the novelty of like the season. Like I'm doing pretty good in like my fantasy leagues and like my picks, so it's it's easier to like stay like enthusiastic about it. But like the novelty of the season now, we're through the quarter pole, and the novelty of the season is like worn off. And it's like okay, we got 12 more weeks of this regular season. And don't get me wrong, like I love it, but it is it is a grind. I I I actually think I don't know what you guys think about this. Maybe this is soft. I'm not feeling this, by the way. <laughs> no, no, but maybe this is a millennial. Maybe this makes me a millennial thing. A I think millennial. I think I think sports writers. I think we should all get a bye week too. Agree. Agree. I don't agree with you. I don't agree, guys. I'm operating on. Oh, you're wearing uh, an all juice sweatshirt too. That's I'm, unfair. I'm, I'm operating on 48 con, con, you know consecutive weeks of football here, man. From That's last true. the Super Bowl doll all the way through. I'm listen. I'm all in. CFL did is on right now too. So Ottawa and Montreal. So I'm all in on football. You guys are talking crazy. Well, I'm yeah. wearing my my general just NFL league T-shirt today. I'm like Rob. I'm wearing like a shirt like that. It's like holes in it. Like I'm like I'm like, I'm a bomb at this point. <laughs> Brinson is doing at, at prop stars. How are we feeling this at this point in the season? We're feeling good. I mean, it's a grind. Emery said it. Uh, it never stops, especially uh, for me personally. I'm betting in the off season futures markets awards team totals. So yeah, I'm just all in on NFL and just it, I'm, it not, I'm not. I'm not really like tired of football or anything like that. Like I'm like I'm enjoying it. It's just like 
the I, I just I mean I've done this for like I mean I've done this at like at CBS for like twelve or thirteen years now, and I just know my natural rhythm of the season is like week six to ten. You're like like or the next quarter poll. I ha- I need to like I will find ways to motivate myself to 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 like yeah. you know to stay focused because I think it's easy to be focused for the first like five weeks of the four to five weeks of the season. You're coming in like you're you know you're pumped for the new season. If your priors are right, you're feeling good about stuff. Um, and you know like I, I think I've got a pretty good handle on the se- on the on the on the season. It's all about like staying focused and like adjusting to yeah. what the differences are, and that's what we're gonna help. It's, it's just an adjustment. What were you going to say, Pop? So, so for me personally, my the majority of my betting volume takes place early in the season. And as the season progresses, it begins to like seriously dwindle. So by the time I reach the playoffs, I'm really not betting very much. So this is still like, you know, where I'm, yeah. It's like opposite of me. All right, let's uh, let's recap week five here. Favorite six and six against the spread. Away team seven and five against the spread. Away dogs uh, four and three and unders went four and eight. Um, Emery, home field advantage. Hey, don't, don't talk. That, that's y'all question. Y'all, you know what I'm saying? I, that's I, like I, me arguing myself the truth. That's like me telling myself, don't tell me what to do. I already know the answer to this already. You, you know, guys answer that question. I'm going to sit know, back and listen. You know what's funny about the, um, about the, uh, the, uh, the, um, the home field advantage thing is that, just by nature of like us being on all these different, yeah, we're, we're like, like we all like, like, like prop was all props. Alex is on like the Thursday pick'em show. I was on like Thursday HQ with Emery. And it was like, like you could, we, I, I swear I made like four callback jokes to home field advantage. <laughs> and like, everybody's like, ha ha ha. And like Hakeem's like, what are you guys talking about? Like, why is it Brinson said home field advantage? And Emory got like a big smile and laugh. And Hakeem's just like, what the hell? Cause I mean, like it was a callback to, I mean, last Monday we talked about home field advantage uh, at, 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 at quite an yeah. extensive length. Yeah. Six, six and six. So, or no. Seven and five away teams. All right. So I, well, I think I, I mean I think I mean I think what I see in this in this um in in this sort of setup and like just the overall the trends of this betting recap is that we are a quarter pole the way in. And when when Alex said that his 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 volume of bets trickles off and dwindles down, what he means is that what you're seeing here is just the the books are getting sharper. They want it to be six and six, seven and five. They like that's that that's the expectation is that you're seeing about a five hundred record for these favorites for these underdogs because you want it to be the lines to be so tight and so sharp that very rarely do you see a you know a situation where like the books are just completely wrong. Now you might have a case where like the Bengals go to Arizona and bludgeon the Cardinals, but no one was expecting Joe Burrow to magically get healthy all of a sudden and play really well in, in week five after looking like crap the entire week. The Bears beat the Commanders by 20 as six-point underdogs. Well, I mean, like, like they're going to be instances like that where it's just stuff that's maybe hard to explain. The Jaguars beating the Bills, that's, I mean, I think probably a jet lag thing, right? Um, but, but generally speaking, I feel like these lines are are pre are, – are I guess actually there were a bunch of weird – 34-0 Saints-Pats was kind of weird. But, like, they're, they're – these lines are just tightening up, and that's why. And they're, it's only going to continue to be sharper throughout the season. I'll give you some quick perspective. Um, and I've seen I've seen this all throughout the spring and summer with the XFL, USFL, and right now CFL. I jumped out to a twenty and four uh, CFL record, mm. right, or sixteen and four. Jumped out, and then as you know, the books start to finally get a grasp on on these teams. Right now, depending on how this goes today, I'm going to either be um, 
40 and 28 or 40 and 29 or 39 and 29 uh, based off if Montreal beats Ottawa. Cause so you start to see, you see it to your point. Well, you yeah. see it start to sharpen up and it's been like that in the XFL, the USFL, my college football usually jumps out early. And then by, you know, I, I'm able to maintain a nice, you know, distance, but you start to see that big lead shrink a little bit to where you find it. Okay. Let me just not pick 10 games this week. Let me pick three. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I think uh, nine games with 45 or more points uh, this past week. I counted, I think, uh, at least six with 50-plus points. So that's maybe the one outlier there where you see the overs going eight and four. I tend to think uh, that it's probably more a byproduct of these specific matchups where, like, the the Lions just shredded the Panthers and the Panthers come through the back door to help push that uh, way, I mean, way over the total, right? Uh, you have the Jets and the Broncos – you know, to just maybe, you know, the Jets revenge game, Broncos defense, not very good. You get 52 points there. Uh, Niners just <laughs> left the Cowboys, tossed the Cowboys at the club on Sunday night, 42 to 10, right? That's how you get to there. And then the Bengals and the Cardinals in, in sort of a surprising shootout. So it's like, I don't know. I think, I think we've hit, I think we're hitting like a normalized level here where there's going to be different stuff that happens. But by and large, like these lines are like, this is going to be hard. It's, it's hard to bet right now. This is a hard stretch to bet. All right. Well, let's uh, let's on that note get into some early leans for <laughs> we. Yeah. Good. Good tee up there, Brinson. Yeah. Um, all right. So you got Broncos at Chiefs. Chiefs laying ten and a half. This total fifty one and a half. Uh, Broncos are one and four, but they're zero and four against the spread. Chiefs traditionally are not that great at covering, but when you look at them last year, they went two and two as double digit favorites at home. This season, they've been double digit favorite once, and they have covered. I don't like to lay 10 points, but I don't know how you can back the Broncos defense against anyone, but certainly not the Chiefs. But uh, what do you think, Emery? Chiefs offense broken and Broncos offense is broken past the opening script. So it's, it's about what's the the thing here? What's going to something has to give. And to your point, Katie, will this Chiefs offense find its life against this defense of if the not now, then when? But or what did what we see last or this yesterday versus the Jets was a sign of things to come for Denver because they were able to uh, grant it they're playing the Jets passing game, but the run game was was giving up a lot of big plays on the ground. So maybe mm. what are we gonna see from the Broncos defense? Because I still feel like stopping the run is about effort and want to. Um, and you didn't see a lot of effort, you know, in terms of you know run fits for for camp, for Denver. So this is a, a tough game. I can definitely see the under being the play here. Um, I would stay away from the point spread. So uh, on this on this turtle, I think this is really important when you look at um, uh, when you look at the the situation with what the what the Chiefs will do here. They are playing on a short week. Travis Kelsey suffered this uh, ankle sprain, but came back in the game. They are playing a division opponent. Their next game in 10 days is against another division opponent, the chargers. And then the following week after that, they are at Denver. So they play the Broncos twice in three weeks. They can affect, I mean, like you have Denver, LA, Denver. If you go three and oh, and that's stretch. Yeah. And then Miami, but I'm just saying, but yeah, before you buy, but like you have three divisional games in a row here with the Broncos sandwich. I don't think they will want to show Denver anything that will help Denver win in week eight in, in, in mile high stadium. I think they saw Brees Hall shred this run defense. I think the 
Broncos players have to be thinking our season is done. And maybe like, you know, Emory mentioned the, the not, the, the no want to there. This is a team that might not come out like on a short week. You just got bludgeoned by the jets embarrassed at home. Like your only win is a, like a crazy comeback win over the bears. Like this Broncos team might pack it in and against Kansas city. It's not a good place to be. I don't see how the Broncos rally here and get ready for this, but I also worry that Andy Reid is going to be very interested in just getting out and winning like 24-17 or 24-14. So I think the under is a really good look. It's already down a point, down to 50. I agree with Emery, um, but I, and I, I, I will probably end up taking the Chiefs in a picks pool, but it's pretty tough at that number. Props yeah. I think we'll see a big uh, concentrated dose of Isaiah Pacheco. We saw yesterday the huge game from Brees Hall. Uh, I think to Brinson's point, uh, the Chiefs will want to get out of there quickly. Yeah, just try and grind clock against this team that's clearly outmatched. Uh, the Chiefs, as far as their passing game is concerned, they're just platooning at wide receiver. Pretty much everybody's playing an equal amount of snaps, and the targets are getting distributed uh, incredibly evenly. No one has really emerged as a secondary target uh, for Patrick Mahomes, still waiting for Rasheed Rice. I still believe in his talent. I still believe he will ultimately be that guy, but you know, still learning the nuances of the position. And then uh, Sky Moore has been completely ineffective. Pretty much everyone has been completely ineffective outside of uh, Rasheed Rice, who's not playing very many snaps, and uh, Justin Watson. So yeah, tough to say with this Chiefs offense, but I do believe we'll see a lot of Isaiah Pacheco. That's worked well. He's been pretty consistent this year. So as far as the Broncos defense is concerned, they seem like they're packing it in. Randy Gregory going to your 49ers. I've heard Frank Clark could be moved soon as well. So I just think uh, Broncos defense is just going to continue to lose pieces and continue to struggle. They've been historically bad so far. Yeah, they, they sure have. And there's no reason. To th- and like, again, like the Chiefs aren't going to want to give anything to the Chargers or give anything to the Broncos in two weeks. They're going to come out and try to pound the ball down the throat and just play defense. And, and I think the unders are a great look here. Already down a full point. Um, would definitely uh, try to get that in as soon as possible. But it, but it closes like 47 or 48. Uh, Ravens minus four at the Titans, a total of 40 and a half. The look ahead was Ravens minus five and a half. Uh, this is already down to. Three and a half, although the Ravens are juiced, it's, you know, on the road as a favorite. Um, to- I mean, look, the total is really low. We haven't seen this Ravens offense get going. And I think, I mean, like, the way they lost to the Steelers on Sunday, unbelievable, Emery. Like, I mean, just, like, you just can't lose that game like that. And I do sort of think Mike Vrabel is a dog. I know that, you know, he didn't do it against Indianapolis, but he was a favorite on the road. This feels like a pretty good spot for Vrabel as a dog against a, a quarterback and a team he's had success against in the past. Ravens have played with their food a lot in, you know, in all these games, right? And I said last week that this game versus the Pittsburgh Steelers was always a tricky one yeah. because of Lamar's historical uh, histor- history with the Ravens uh, with the against the Steelers. But also, I mean, this game and this they're playing this one overseas, right? This is the London game. Oh, this is the London game. Good call and to I, catch. Yeah, And I tweeted this out during the game while I was on the treadmill. I'm like, this was early in the game. You could see these guys were hesitant on cutting and planning. And it was like, yo, something's wrong with this field. They don't feel right. Then mm. 
throughout the game, we saw what happened. Nice, so, nice, nice treadmill humbleback, by the way. I know like, exactly when I was when I was on the treadmill. I was like, wait, 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 wait. I was like, Brady Quinn that one time where he was like, I was just taking a run at night. And we're like, all right, yeah. <laughs> you got it. The suits don't fit themselves. I was at the soup kitchen and I spotted on my phone that the <laughs> <laughs> like Mike Tarico. I just text Peyton Manning like, yeah. but like, yeah. I knew something was was up with the field because it looked. It doesn't make sense when I'm say this, but it looked tight, like it didn't look like it had any give. And you saw, and I saw it from the first punt return when normally Agnew would have cut that dude up the first two, but he just kind of like played it safe, didn't really plant, try to make the guy miss. And then we saw the lower leg injuries throughout. So this going to be a slow, slowly played game. Mm. What helps Baltimore is that Tennessee has no threat in the passing game outside of DeAndre Hopkins, but you kind of roll covers him. You can put Humphrey on him, but. We've seen the Ravens do a good job of beating Derrick Henry to the spot. and He doesn't have the lateral agility and won't have it on this field that they're going to play in. So I like the Ravens to win, and I also like the under here as well. I, I uh, Prop, you got anything on this game? I was going to say, I was going to look at the first half under because we did see, I you know, I had that Bills over, and you're right, like the, the way the turf operated, that was not something that um, – like he wasn't going to get there, but then it almost did in the second half. Like they started to like kind of get comfortable on the turf and started slinging it around. I think maybe the under 40 here is a pretty good look. I mean, this is two teams who are going to be traveling probably on short weeks. The Ravens have done this a few times. I feel the like Ravens already left by the way. So they're getting there mm-hmm. early. Well, because remember the Ravens, the Ravens, John Harbaugh threw out that they were going to like uh, one year that they were going to take a cruise over there. Like they were going to leave on Monday and take a boat so that they could slowly acclimate. <laughs> he's like, he's like, we might do it. He's yeah. like, the sports science is, yeah. So the, yeah, if this is not in Tennessee, you're right. It's a neutral field. Yeah. I'm probably going to stay away from the spread. I do like the under, though, I think. Is it at Wembley or is it at? It's at Tottenham. T- Tottenham. Tottenham of the Hotspur. I tried to say that on tops this weekend and I totally messed it up. I'm not. I'm it's all right. Uh, if it makes you feel any better, um, Rich Eisen definitely said home of the Spurs, which is oh, not – you don't want to say spur. that. Hot single spur, right? Yes, yes. yes. Well, Just wanted to know. point out for this game really quickly, guys. Tajay Spears continues to be a thorn in Derrick Henry's side. This is something I got wrong. I was back in Derrick Henry this week, assuming he'd get the lion's share of the carries. Ended up – Tajay Spears played 52% of the snaps. I think that's going to be a reoccurring theme as long as Tennessee is playing from behind. They're obviously a lot more comfortable uh, with his three-down skill set, with him catching passes out of the backfield. So I think Derrick Henry will be very game script dependent uh, – going forward and he's going to need to play uh, from ahead to get, you know, the 15 to 20 touches that I think people are used to or expecting from him. So definitely something to monitor. Also possible too, that they want to try and limit his workload early in the season after him getting hurt uh, because they were too heavy on it in years past Niners at the Browns 49ers minus four and a half road favorite, a total of 39 and a half gross. Uh, I'm going to go throw out that you bet the Niners now because Deshaun Watson hadn't been cleared. You don't know that if he's going to play. And if Deshaun Watson is ruled out, I think this closes like Niners minus six or something like that. The total, man, I mean, the biggest concern here is probably that the 49ers will score 40 themselves. But I think after that output against Dallas – they are more than likely to just kind of come in this one, especially if uh, Dorian Thompson Robinson is the starter here. Emery, they come in and like, all right, we're just going to score twenty-one points, and we don't think we know that he can't get that against this defense. Um, like the under or the spread here at all? Here's why the under is what it is right now. Not because of Deshaun Watson, it's because the Browns actually match up well versus San Francisco. The problem you here. Not that about the Cowboys, Emery. 
are you talking as an analyst or as a fan right now? Keith? I'm talking about we've been on shows together and you took the points <laughs> with the Cowboys. Right. And so I'm taking, you know what? Just I think the that. answer is as a fan. The <laughs> no, as, as a fan. But here's the thing. I worry about this game for Deshaun Watson has no problem playing an aggressive passing game if he plays more so than, than Dak. Dak was playing not to lose and ended up losing the game because of the interceptions. Watson has no fear in throwing the ball down the field. The problem is this game could look a lot like the first game, the Steelers-Browns game for Cleveland because the same issue is still there at left tackle and Jedrick Wills, who's not having a great year. And so who's gonna? they're going to take turns rushing on his side and making him play left tackle uh, how you're supposed to be how it's supposed to be played. Now the Browns can run the ball. They're much more apt to run the ball than Dallas. I'm pretty sure that whole fantasy football community that told everybody that uh, Pollard was the next Walter Dickerson, you know what I'm saying? And that hasn't transpired. Maybe it's a thing why he didn't go in round one, right? Uh, but the Browns defense is something that could is pound for pound a lot better than the Cowboys defensive front. And I think that's going to be the key here, which is why they're anticipating the lower scoring game. Um, it's about point of attack, but you can't, I can't trust Jedrick Wills uh, protecting Deshaun Watson versus Pittsburgh like he tried to do and versus this defensive line. So the under may be the best play. Yeah, I mean, you look at these defenses um, in terms of opponent points per game. San Francisco, number one, allowing 13.6. Cleveland uh, is tied with Baltimore at number two with 15. But let's not forget that Cleveland offense did give up 28, um, or defense, excuse me, in their last game. But look, I've been riding the Niners team total every single week. It's not even they don't even know what to do with it yet. I went on FanDuel and I'm looking around and there is no Niners team total that is posted yet. But um, I'd be curious to see. I mean, I'm sure they're going to have it lower again, like they did with the Cowboys around 25, 26, but hammer the over. Uh, the, uh, sorry, go ahead. Yeah. I was just going to say, I've been so impressed with Brock Purdy's efficiency. First in EPA per drop back, first in quarterback success rate. Uh, also wanted to tip of the cat to, to Katie. George Kittle knocked out basically half of his season. The one time that we prop. don't bet him for multiple uh, touchdowns. I know he goes off in prime time, like, you know, so that yeah. was just, uh, frustrating from a betting standpoint. But uh, yeah, doing his best Antonio Gates impersonation, three receptions, three touchdowns. Uh, very impressive stat line from George Kittle. And just this 49ers offense looks like they're humming on all cylinders. All right. Uh, anything else, Brenton? We, we can move on. No, I was going to say that the um, Niners 21 to 30 points scored is the favorite plus 160. I see this at DraftKings. And then 11 to 20 points is plus 165, which is kind of interesting. So in other words, like the team total will probably be like 22 and a half. Well, then over all day. Yeah. I mean, I'm just saying it'll be low. I mean, like when the when the. I mean, if the well, so you can kind of guess it. Well, so you got to think maybe there's a little letdown game. Are we factoring that into? Because we've seen these these teams that have these really high scoring outputs, like what's happened to the Dolphins, it happened to the Bills. You know, they have these crazy emotional wins, and then they kind of come back. To, and Christian McCaffrey got beat up um, yesterday. Right. Like he still managed to get a touchdown, but he was largely neutralized from what we've seen from him from the first uh, four weeks. So, I mean, there could well, be a slight letdown. Andy, well, on the road. well, no, I'm just saying that the, the, the implied total here is uh, 22 to 17. The implied score is 22 to 17 because you have the Niners at a five point favorite with the 39 point total point total. So like 22, 17 is there is what Vegas is saying. Currently the implied, that means the 49ers are probably be like 22 and a half. 21 and a half uh, point to uh, team total over. So you can absolutely take the over there. Emory, did you have one more thing? 
No, I said, you know, and they're also on the road. So, you know, yeah. you factor that in. Yeah, I'm still taking the over on that. All right, moving on. Commanders at Falcons. Falcons, that was like one of my best bets last week was to fade the Falcons defense coming back from uh, London, which was, God, I mean, they looked really, really good. CJ Stroud didn't get a touchdown there until the very um, end. But, uh, okay, Commanders at Falcons. Falcons laying two and a half, total 42. Um Commanders are two and three on the season and also against the spread Falcons three and two, but one and four against the spread. Although this is a very um, short number. What are we thinking from a scouting endpoint uh, input Emery? Which picture do you believe hmm. of, for both teams? Do you believe what we saw from Washington last Thursday to be the truth? Washington. Do you believe what we saw yesterday from the Falcons to be the true Falcons? Yeah, and it's tied, to those, right, it's tied to those two quarterbacks, those second-year guys that they look great one week, look, you know, sputtering the next week. And now you got both of those teams on the field. I like the Falcons' defense more than I like Washington's defense. It, it was a shame to watch them bench their first-round pick uh, Forbes against the Bears. But, man, yeah, he was, you know, in, in uh, hell, so to speak, out there against um, D.J. Moore. But do we trust – the Falcons passing game uh, or Arthur Smith more or less to call a, a balanced game. And I, I, I would totally stay away from this one because these two teams, you really have to gauge the opponent and week to week, but it's tough when they both play each other. So that's like how I stood away from that um, Vikings chargers game. Cause they are the same team, just different coats of paint. <laughs> this is the same exact game, different coats of paint. Yeah, the Vikings the, are the Falcons really one and four gets spread. I'm not, um, they didn't cover against the Packers. I guess they pushed. I guess they're like one, three, and one technically, depending on what number you had. Because they didn't cover against the Lions. I was just surprised. It feels like the Falcons have been like a pretty good bet so far this year. But I guess they are like, <laughs> yeah, if they, they didn't cover yesterday, they are one and four against the spread. Um, I think the under here is a pretty good look. We saw the, the commander score 20 points against a really bad Bears defense. Now, the Bears brought the, brought the heat. They played great defense. Um, Sam Howell was really off. I know it's sort of a bounce back spot with a long week to prepare, but Atlanta, I think Atlanta's defense is just a lot better than people think. And it's, and it's, but here's the thing with Atlanta's defense is that it is, it, it uh, dovetails and coalesces with the really, really methodical and slow Falcons offense. So it's like just hard to get a ton of points or run a ton of plays against the Falcons just because even if they're losing, they're going to like they scored six and seven against the like the Lions and the Jaguars. Um, I would look towards the under here, turning down half a point in some spots. I think 42 under 42, probably a pretty good look here. Prop. Yeah, I would agree there, Brinson, for sure. Just uh, Desmond Ritter coming out with a career day uh, when his job is essentially on the line through for over 300 passing yards there. That was somewhat unexpected. Jonu Smith is the leading receiver on the Falcons, which is just crazy to me when we're talking about an offense with Drake London and Kyle Pitts. Uh, he's obviously a reclamation project. I don't know if you want to consider him that, but certainly uh, seems to have chemistry with Desmond Ritter there. B. John Robinson's usage continues to be frustrating. Tyler Algier out-snapped him, out-touched out him again yesterday. Not what you're looking for when you have a top 10 pick uh, who's supposed to be the cornerstone of your offense. I still think he needs to get more work and it will result in more success. And this Falcons defense has been legit. They're first in EPA per rush. Uh, somewhat of a paper tiger probably, but you can only, and they've had a soft strength of schedule, but you play, you know, their schedule, their schedule, their schedule's just soft the whole year. So they, yeah. They've already played the Lions and the Jaguars. They lost both of them. And those are two hardest games on their entire schedule. 
Like they just. Oh, right. We talked about. Yeah. Yeah. They just have a soft schedule. That's why. That's why I said to bed them for the most wins. But yeah, I mean, I I agree. I think I think the under is good looking. And yeah, like they have three guys they took in the top 10 of the NFL draft in the last five years. And two of the receivers, one tight end, one receiver being out produced by Johnu Smith and the other guys being out produced by Tyler Allegier. And like. We're still getting these like highlights of Bijan's ridiculous one-handed catch, and then like the run into the end zone. Like that's awesome, but I don't know, man. Maybe Houston. Why they won? They won, so whatever. But um, they're not going to. They're not going to win by a lot. I think it's a low-scoring game, and um, and we don't see it go over forty. Speaking of low scores, the Carolina Panthers. Boy, do they not like to score? Can mm. they score at Miami? We will tell you coming up next after. Did you know that while over 60% of Americans dream of starting their own business, less than 20% of them take the first step? The reason? Building a business is tough. Taylor Brands is simplifying the business journey. From launching and managing to growing your business, Taylor Brands isn't just another tool. It's your online business partner from launch to success. With Taylor Brands, building your dream business becomes an effortless experience. Their comprehensive platform guides you through every step, ensuring you have everything you need in one place. From LLC formation to bookkeeping, invoicing to acquiring licenses and permits, and even setting up your bank account, Taylor Brands handles it all seamlessly. And our listeners will receive 35% off Taylor Brands LLC formation plans using our link, taylorbrands.com slash CBS Sports. That's T-A-I-L-O-R-B-R-A-N-D-S dot com slash CBS Sports. So start your business journey today with Taylor Brands. Should you ever set foot outside of the hotel, you will be shot. Don't miss the new Showtime limited series based on the international bestseller. For the last four years, I've been a prisoner. Why are they keeping you here? Starring Emmy Award winner Ewan McGregor. This is the brave new world that you dreamt of. Be very careful. You are still a prisoner here. Everything in this new world comes at cost. This is still my country. A Gentleman in Moscow, now streaming on Paramount Plus, only with the Paramount Plus with Showtime plan. Welcome back to pick six. Uh, all right. Panthers at Dolphins. Dolphins laying two touchdowns, minus 14, total 47 and a half. Uh, Panthers are the sole 0 and 5 team at this point. Um, Dolphins are four and one. Two touchdowns is a lot, but this Panthers offense just can't seem to get going at all. Are That's you... polite. Yeah. Brinson. <laughs> they yeah. Stink. How? How? how, All right. Yeah. How worried are you about about the Panthers offense? They they literally can't. There's no one who can get down the field. Bryce Young has two completions of 20 yards or more, 20 air yards or more this season. We're five weeks in and he missed one game because of injury. It's not a Bryce Young thing. Like I was talking with my buddy, Adam Gold on 999 here in Raleigh uh, on uh, earlier on Monday. And he's like, he's like, they just have to challenge down the field. I was like, they, I was like, Adam, they physically cannot. Yeah. Like they don't, it's like, he's like DJ Chark's there. I'm like, I mean, you can run DJ Chark on nine routes all you want. It ain't going to like, it ain't going to work. Like there's, they don't have anyone on the offensive roster that can challenge vertically right now. And if they do, Bryce Young didn't have time to throw the ball down the field. Now I agree. You've got to figure out something. That's why they're desperate to trade for wide receivers. I think we're going to see somebody, if I, I would bet the Dolphins now, I know it's like juice of the Panthers. I don't see how the Dolphins, the Dolphins, the Panthers' defense is starting to give up. They didn't play well. The Dolphins could hang 50 on them. It's like, well, I, I don't the chain has been ridiculous. Insane. Could be offensive player of the year. Definitely offensive rookie of the year. Well, now um, because Christian McCaffrey is MVP. 
That's right. There you, there you go. There you go. Um, I, I just think that this Panthers team has no offense, Emory, and I don't see how it gets better. It no identity at all. And I feel for Bryce Young because I feel like this dude is just like mentally exhausted. Like you you've come off the field, you first talked to Frank Wright, former quarterback, then right up right in your face, here's Josh McCown, another former quarterback. Then you you know, here's Kurt Warner's silver jacket. Then you got JT O'Sullivan sitting down on there with his with his table and his bookshelf before you even get to the sideline to go get a drink. Like, man, I'm talking to all these quarterbacks. Let me just process what I just saw and get back out there until they find an identity. It's funny how, you know, people in, in Charlotte or Panther fans are talking about, well, we got to get a receiver. Well, you, you kind of had one. Then you have Bears fans talking about, well, we need defense. Well, you kind of had Khalil Mack, Roquan Smith, but you yeah. didn't. You know what I'm saying? So now you wonder why you have a problem. Um, yeah. Giants, we didn't pay the running back, but, you know, why we can't run the ball? Oh, wow. You know, yeah, so, it's like, I don't know, yeah, man. Like, exactly, right? So <laughs> good luck trade for somebody. You, you, but they got to find an identity. Whatever they want to do, stick with it and stop overcoaching the kid. By, by the way, by the way, right now, if the season ended and it doesn't end after five weeks, so that's pointless. But the Panthers have uh, this game against Miami, and then I think they're by, and then Indianapolis and Houston, which, and then at Chicago, like they have to find a way to get two wins in the next four weeks at least. And that sounds hard to do, right? But here's the thing: right now, the Panthers will be giving away for Bryce Young the rights to Caleb Williams. DJ Moore, Jalen Carter, who they could have just taken at number nine when they sat there, and two second-round picks, which are going to be really high second-round picks. If if they give away the number one overall pick in the Caleb Williams draft to the Bears, it is going to be a really awkward situation. Do you think – well, Emery, you were on sports – not sports on, I guess, primetime pregame um, last week during that Bears game, and you were convincing Kyle Long – to stay on the Justin Fields train. And I know we're, Brinson, we're going to talk about this game next, but if you're the bears, are you tanking for Caleb Williams or do you still believe in Justin Fields? Still believe in Fields because it's, I think we've gotten enamored as a, you know, media landscape to believe people that, that shouldn't be believed. Right. A lot of people told you that, um, you know, Josh Rosen and Baker Mayfield was the best quarterbacks in the 2018 draft when it was Lamar Jackson. They talked, Downhill. If you want to say Josh Allen, that's fine. You know, well, what I'm people, you people, of- but people talk down about Josh Allen too. Like Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson were the ones disparaged, and they are clearly the best quarterbacks in the draft class. One has an MVP. One is on the Close. cover of Madden. Yep. Um, and then you have the same people told you that Trubisky was the best quarterback in the class that had Watson and Mahomes in it. Like these are the same people that tell you that running the ball doesn't matter. But then he was upset last night because Cowboys couldn't run the ball with the guy that they hyped up. Right. So. Maybe you got to stop listening to these people. And I feel like that's the issue right now with Justin Fields. Your eyes tell you this dude can play and he has talent. The problem is they need someone opposite of DJ Moore. Mm-hmm. They can't get to the quarterback. They blitz like crazy against Washington, which helps you get to the quarterback, but then it leaves you vulnerable on the back end and which they're lacking guys that can cover because they were beat up on the back end. There's two excellent pass rushers in this class. There's a great wide receiver in this class. If you're Chicago, you can stay put at one. Trey Dapper, and I said this too to Kyle, and uh, I think we all on set when I said it, it was like, man, I'm I'm not, yeah, you could trade one of those two top five picks or whatever, but trade one for players. You need players. You don't need more lottery tickets. You need, man, give me your best defensive player. Give me your best, you know, uh, cornerback, and you can have this number two overall pick, and we'll take that. 
other pick we have him build around Justin Fields because we clearly see he is not the problem here. I think that's how they have to look at it. I think it's. I think if Justin Fields plays the way he did the last two weeks over the next, like the rest of the season, uh, it's going to be one. The Bears will probably win more games than you know, like they they need. But but like it, like what's interesting is if they get the number one or they get a top five pick from the Panthers, and then they have a pick and another pick in the top ten, and they're like, Let, we're just going to ride with Fields, grab Marvin Harrison Jr. And like, or, or like trade, you know, there's, there's a lot of options depending on how it plays out. But if Justin Fields plays the way he has the last two weeks, it will complicate it. Um, Bears plus three at Vikings, by the way. I mean, might as well roll right into it, huh? Um, total 47 and a half, actually down now 46 and a half. I just don't think the Vikings have one win. And it was on the road against Carolina. And I realize Chicago is bad, but this is a divisional game. As we mentioned, the Bears offense a little bit better. I think you take the three with the Bears here and just, like, Chicago can either win this game or, like, Minnesota's not going to blow out the Bears, I don't think. I think Chicago well, can get better. Yeah, especially with Justin Jefferson's injury. Oh, right? yeah, Justin Jefferson not likely to play this game, I don't yeah. think. Yeah. Good call, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I think um, I, I would be looking towards the Bears here at that plus three before it moves. Uh, prop, anything there on um, – if Jefferson's out for this game, like like do you bump up KJ? Do you or like do you bump up Jordan Addison a ton? KJ Osborne, like how do you play that? Yeah, so we had a glimpse of it yesterday because he was out for the fourth quarter essentially, and Jordan Addison was heavily, heavily targeted. Uh, so I think that'll continue over in this matchup against the Bears as well. So yeah, I look for Jordan Addison to, to be the focal point of the passing attack uh, with TJ Hawkinson obviously running a lot of routes underneath. But I was impressed with Jordan Addison. Uh, continue to be impressed with him. So I think he'll have a big role. Uh, Sands, Justin Jefferson. All right, moving on. Colts at the Jags. Jags laying four and a half, total 45 and a half. Um, Anthony Richardson, unfortunately, AC joint sprain could be out for a month or more. He's getting an MRI today. So that's um, a big bummer. But in terms of backup quarterbacks, you know, Gardner Minshew is probably one of the best and they were still able to win their game yesterday. Jags coming back from London, winning two games um, in London. Can Minshew keep this up, Emery? If he plays like Gardner Minshew and not Minshew Mania, I think that's where he gets in the, the problems What's where the he buy, he buys into the hype. Like, wow. oh, I'm I'm Minshew Mania. I gotta come out here, and make some crazy plays. Like, nah, bro, just play within yourself, play like Brock Purdy, play within the offense. You got two great running backs now. Um, Zach Moss is having a resurgence, um, looking like Utah Zach Moss, and then you have Jonathan Taylor is back, is gonna get a little bit more involved in the offense, especially now. And if they can just continue to do that. Um, and play complimentary football defense, you know, get some key stops. And because they matched up well with Jacksonville and in the first meeting, and you saw me tweet this out during the Ravens game, Ravens and the Colts played at the same windows, like Steichen, take the damn points. Stop mm. leaving points on the field. Right. They matter. Now, they were able to overcome that, you know, against Tennessee, but yeah. the Ravens couldn't. And so if they just get Gardner Minshew to play, you, you know, within the system, within himself, and not try to think he has to, you know, play above the X's and O's, they'll be competitive. They'll be fine. Because if you can get Anthony Richardson back in six weeks, right, and you can go two and two in that stretch, two and three, you still would then play for Emory Hunt's division-winning championship. Indianapolis <laughs> oh, oh, yes. Prop stars, you know, Jonathan Taylor comes back, doesn't really have too big of um, an output there. Zach Moss two touchdowns do you how do you see this shaking out because you got to think that Jonathan Taylor is going to be better moving forward yeah I think it was just a 
Well, oh, just please. just just really quick, I missed this, um, and I know that I missed this because I played Jonathan Taylor in fantasy, and yeah. I, I told Katie to oh. play him in fantasy too. Oh. Diana Rossini had a report of the Athletic had a report on Saturday that said that they may spend like a month ramping up Jonathan Taylor's usage rate and running guards, which is insane that you paid him the money. And like, this is so Jim Irsay. Just pay him before the season and have him come out and play and have him be ready to play with Anthony Richardson. Instead, you're running Anthony Richardson more. He's gotten hurt on three design runs in three different games. And now you have Jonathan Taylor. You have to work back into the fold. I mean, like maybe, maybe I'm wrong, Alex, but I feel like, I mean, a month is crazy to like ramp this guy up. Like, come on. I agree. I think the whole situation has been uh, mishandled here uh, from start to finish. But yeah, I also didn't think they expected Zach Moss to be this effective either. He's been one of the best running backs in the NFL. Emory mentioned he's looked incredible, certainly earned more playing time. I would assume he was very motivated seeing Jonathan Taylor uh, get that large contract as well. So I think he's going to continue to produce and be a part of the offense um, that'll ultimately, you know, hopefully preserve Jonathan Taylor. But one guy I wanted to mention and a rookie on this Colts team who's been very impressive and he's emerging right now. It's Josh Downs yep. mm. uh, really looks good running routes out of the slot. Uh, yesterday, six targets, 97 uh, receiving yards and looks very comfortable uh, with both Gardner Minshew and um, Anthony Richardson throwing him passes. So I think his role in the offense is to continue to grow. Nice to have someone opposite of Michael Pittman Jr. too, who can uh, certainly get open. So yeah, I would actually think too that like I mean, all due respect to Anthony Richardson, but do, I, mean, I don't think Gardner Mitchell is like a you know like a all that in a bag of chips or whatever. But I just say all that in a bag of chips. Was this nineteen ninety five? Yeah, know, yeah, cool. Ninety five. What's up? Um, but I do think like you see Downs, dude. Downs is so good at Carolina, like running routes out of the slot and. That's an easy, like, sort of underneath target for Minshew to use. And you saw seven targets, too, with Michael Pittman. Like, the passing game from a fantasy perspective should pick up. And, like, maybe now with, with, uh, against a Jaguars defense that hadn't been that great, um, you know, Downs and Pittman, two good looks for like possible overs in terms of their catches, uh, this coming week. All right. Next up, Saints, uh, minus two and a half at the Texans. This total, 40 and a half. The Saints offense couldn't get anything going, and then all of a sudden they dropped 34 on the Patriots, which should be a pretty good defense, um, but they've been completely blown out two weeks in a row, which I think hasn't happened since like the 1970s for them to lose by 30-plus points two weeks in a row. Prop stars, um, do you believe more in Derek Carr now? I I do not believe more in Derek Carr. Uh, (laughs) I think that was just a byproduct of playing a team that just wasn't uh, ready for the game just not inspired whatsoever from this New England team. I know the Panthers are 0-5, but I think this New England team might be just as bad. Uh, Mac Jones just completely cratering, completely ineffective there. Uh, Just no speed on the offense whatsoever. Uh, Yeah, just not looking good at all in New England. I think they're going to continue to get walloped by large margins of a team like the Saints that has, in my opinion, an anemic passing offense, really no threat of like downfield offense is scoring 34 on you. uh, There's a big problem there. So just, uh, I think that was more just playing the Patriots than anything else. Yeah, I I tend to, I tend to agree with him. And I I think you should bet Houston in this game now. Yes, Um, Houston's a good team. They have to get their tackles back. The defense is playing well. They should have probably beaten Atlanta and like Atlanta's just got some like Desmond Ritter home, home stadium like home, yeah. home field advantage like magic beans or something like mm. that um i think i would bet that the texans close as a favorite in this game and they are plus one and a half now yeah. already down a full point 
Um, I think Texans close minus one, minus one and a half, maybe minus two. So if you like the Texans like I do, I would go ahead and take it. Not opposed to the uh, under 40 and a half here either. The Texans have not been explosive. The Saints, this, this reeks of like 17-15. I was getting ready to say this game would look a lot like the Falcons-Texans game. So not only yeah. take Houston, but also take the under. Because yep. Houston's defense and the Saints defense are excellent. Saints offense scored 24 points. Uh, Tyron Matthew had that pick six. Um, very early in the game before you even sat down and wa- turned it on. And, and so the Saints offense is it, it's it's scattershot. They, what they should do is once they get inside the 20, let it become Taysom Hill's offense mm. um, and, you know, have QB power, have the RPO game in play because that'll help supersede what, what you're not getting from Derek Carr. So I just feel like this game would be a lot like what we just just watched with the Falcons and Texans. All right. Seahawks and Bengals. Bengals minus three, a total of 46. Bengals actually down to two and a half with some heftier juice. Uh, I I am curious to see how Joe Burrow looks in this game. Now, this I think that this could end up being a shootout. I like the over here. I think the over I think it ends up closing at 48. So I would take the 46, the over 46 now. My one concern, Emory, is that we have seen twice this year against NFC West opponents, Joe Burrow come out and say, this is a must win game, force himself onto the field and look better. Now I thought he looked, he looked miles better against the Cardinals. He did against the Rams. The question is, is there any sort of fallout from that, from this past week and that road win? Uh, Or is this like a case where Burrow knows, take care of business, score a ton of points in this game, win the game at home against Seattle, a team that you can beat for sure. And all of a sudden you're at, you're in the buy at what would be three and three and you feel like your season is right back alive. I like the over as well in this game, more so than anything. Um, and it was three plays that that stood out to me initially in that Bengals game. One where he had to move out the pocket, jumped over the defender, and I was like, oh, he back. That calf is fine because now he's starting to look like Joe Burrow. right? And then the deep ball, the first one to uh, um, Jamar, Jamar, Jamar Chase. Chase. Yeah. He was able to finally step into a throw and get the good velocity onto where it can reach deep down the field. So, yeah, he's he's looking back. But to your point, you know, that's like going to the gym and working out for the first time in, in a long time. Yeah, you feel great that day. You got the nice body pump and everything. The next day, you like, damn. You know what I'm saying? I should have eased into it. I, I kind of yeah. put on the bar. So I, feel, we'll see. I feel seen. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see how, how he does uh, in this game. Um, but I like to see how it's coming off a of bye. They'll yeah. they'll be well rested. Um, but Joe Joe Burrow getting you know playing at home gets an extra day of treatment um, as opposed to the travel day. So now you yeah. get that extra day of treatment. I think we're in for for a real high scoring game. I'm not convinced the Bengals are back yet. I I, I lean toward taking the uh, the Seahawks in in this game. Oh, it's at Bengals. I thought it was in Seattle. Yeah, and- That's different. And there is one more thing too, where it's like this is sort of they have the Niners and the Bills coming out of the bye, so this is like kind of a must-win game too. Where if you get a three and three, even if you drop those two games against San Francisco and Buffalo, you're you're three and five, but like your season's not over. You three and three, you salvage your season going to the bye, right, Prop? Yeah, I would agree. I also want to point out it was on this very show just a few weeks ago that Brinson and I uh, told everyone to look at Jamar Chase for offensive player mm-hmm. of the year. 75 to one or something like that. He was in that range. Yeah. And Brinson, you specifically mentioned that he ha- has big games in bunches. And certainly we saw an example of that yesterday. So I think he's alive and well 
in that category, especially, uh, yeah, it looks to be heating up with Joe Burrow playing better. So the Seahawks have been good on the road though. They went in and they won in Detroit. Uh, and then of course they won against the in a shootout in overtime. I, I, that's yeah. what I'm saying. Like, I'm not taking the Bengals yeah. minus the three. Like yeah. that would be my, I would be my lean if it's two and a half, but I think the over is the look and to, uh, to Alex's point, um, I see on, uh, I just happen to have DraftKings open for this because the awards are easy to find. Jamar Chase, 22 to one offensive player of the year. Wow. You know, Chris McCaffrey, a little banged up. Tyreek playing awesome. Obviously Justin Jefferson banged up. Those are the three guys in front of him. I mean, I would bet him at 22 to one. If the Bengals, if Joe Burrow is back and he's slinging the deep ball like this, that's a whole different ball game for Jamar Chase, who is always effing open. Half moon picks in the chat. Seattle two and zero on the road, three and one against the spread. I like yeah. Seattle in this spot. Right. It's perfectly I'm fine. Leaning. I like the over. I'm leaning. Patriots at the Raiders. Ew. Raiders minus two and a half. A total of forty three. Uh, this line, look at line was Raiders minus one and a half. Uh, looks like it's getting juiced out even more. Of course, the Raiders are playing tonight on Monday Night Football. Jimmy Garoppolo uh, is, is playing, right? I mean, he is in, right? With the, the He's out of concussion protocol. Yeah, yeah, he's out of concussion co- pro- protocol. So, like, this line, the, 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 I think the only way to really approach this line, honestly, would be if you – if you if something happens – The Raiders happens, win tonight, this, this line's going to move. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, but I think it's like if you like the Patriots at all, like if, if something happens to Jimmy G in this game and Jimmy G is just injury prone, you maybe you like jump on the Pats a little bit. Um, but yeah, if the Raiders if the Raiders roll the Packers, then they will probably be favored against a, a, a horrendous Patriots offense. So bet this line early either way is what you're saying. Or just stay away. Or stay away. Just don't want to do that. The game's probably on CBS too, so I should dog it, but it, it's, it's a dog. Um. I mean, we don't really need to cover this game, honestly. I just want to know right. what Malik Cunningham meant. Like, make me watch this game, New England. You know, he had a nice spark in the preseason. You're clearly not getting what you want from Mac Jones. You don't like what you've seen from Bailey Zappi. Otherwise, he would have been in the game already. So why not just throw the young guy out there and maybe see what you have, jumpstart this offense? Because if you continue to do the same things, the same quarterbacks that you've had under center, it's gonna you're going to be talking about Caleb Williams' more so than anybody else in the draft because it's going to continue to go in the wrong direction. I might bet the Raiders right now, minus the the two and a half. I think that tonight tonight is a revenge game for Devontae Adams. You got Jimmy G coming back. I think that they could, even if they don't win this game, what is that, a two-point spread? They can do enough that would make you think to take the Raiders at under a field goal here. But uh, We'll have to see how that goes. All right, we're going to take a quick break here. When we return, we're talking Lions at Bucks. Maker Mayfield, Maker Mayfield, Maker Mayfield having Baker uh, Mayfield. Quite, quite the season so far. All right, Lions minus three at Buccaneers, total 46. Uh, the look headline was Lions minus two and a half. Obviously, it opened at three, so we've seen this line jump around a little bit with that half point. Lions are four and one on the season and against the spread, and the Bucks are three and one uh, the same way. Baker Mayfield has had quite, um, I think, a much better season than people thought he was going to have. Obviously, he's been very efficient, but he has incredible pass catchers there helping him out. Um, Emmanuel Mosley will be out with an ACL. Um, wh- what do you think of this game um, and what it says about the winner, Emery? Can your offensive line and your quarterback beat pressure? I think we've seen more from Jared Goff in terms of beating pressure because everyone comes in thinking, oh, all we got to do is blitz golf and we should be able to get at least one turnover from him or he'll eat a sack. Uh, but he's been fairly solid versus the blitz and versus pressure. Their offensive line also is, is tailor-made to handle that. 
you know, they have a better offensive line than Tampa. Tampa is still a work in progress from an offensive line standpoint, but this game will come down to which team can you trust to consistently beat pressure? And we've seen Detroit, I mean, getting guys back, dialing things up, um, working their tight end. It is rare to see a rookie tight end have as much success uh, right out of the gate as Sam Laporta has had. So I, I like the lines in this spot. I, I will take them, uh, you know, on the, uh, what is it? What has been frisky, what, two touchdowns yesterday? Yeah, it, yeah. and it was. It was it was awesome. So I'll I'll leave the points with the Lions here, and I like I like them to be able to control the game if they get a lead because they could run the ball too. I think the Lions. I'm with you on the Lions here. And by the way, the total is dropped from 46 to 43 and a half. That's a substantial drop. Uh, I sort of wonder if there is some kind of other injury reason, weather related thing that is coming through. There's a bunch of storms on Wednesday. Is there a um? We have a kind no, of a, just bank on a, a storm in Florida that clears up within three minutes. Like <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Well, I just wonder if there's a if there's some kind of I think there's some kind of tropical storm. I mean, that's a pretty significant Monday like total drop of, of of that margin. But yeah, I like the Lions. Here's here's a take for the, on the Lions. I think that if you put the Lions in a different uniform, we would put them with the Eagles and the 49ers in terms of the top teams in the NFC, but we don't do like, if you put the lions in the Cowboys uniform, they, they'd be like, ah, man, of course they're like one of the top teams, but because it's the lions and because we just don't like, we're, we're all hesitant before the, we all like the lions. Everybody liked the lions. We were hesitant. I was you know, just like, like, sure. Like, of course the lions are going to be great. That makes sense. It's never happened before. Why would, why wouldn't it just happen overnight? But they're built in the trenches. They can run the ball really well. David Montgomery looks awesome. They have weapons who step up when I'm on St. Brown is gone. And then defensively, they've got a really good pass rush. Aiden Hutchinson. I'm not sure what, what is he for defensive player of the year? Actually, let me look real quick. Cause that He's is not an offense. Like Mike Rabel. He can catch like he could be a good JJ screen on the screen pass from Bryce Young. The one handed <laughs> that was crazy. He's 15 to one to win defensive player of the year. I don't think that's a crazy look if the, if the, if the Lions end up being really good. Uh, so I, I'll take the Lions here. I'll hold off on the over under, but I would expect this to be more of a slog where it's like uh, Todd Balls. Um, you know, like we don't see, I don't think we'll see Jared Goff outdoors. Not a, not a not an explosive Buccaneers offense. I think I would lean towards the under, but that's too much of a drop for me right now. All right, let's head to the NFC West. Cardinals at Rams. Rams minus six. This total 46 and a half. Cooper Cup making his debut this last weekend. And a lot of people were wondering, what is this offense going to look like with Puka and with Cup? Um, and I think that was settled pretty easily. Both of those guys got touchdowns. Cooper Cup obviously came out the gate really, really hot. Didn't see him for a while and then kind of showed back up there towards the end. Rams coming off a loss um, to the Eagles and a loss to my pocketbook because I took them plus the four and a half. And this Cardinals team um, has been one just a fun team to watch. We we said they're not going to win a lot of games, but they're definitely frisky and they're going to make it hard on people. But James Conner, uh, you know, went down with the knee, and that's really their focal point of the offense. Props are what do they do now? Yeah, that offense really cratered, as you mentioned, Katie, when Connor went down. Uh, they've been a very balanced football team offensively. Suddenly you saw uh you saw Dobbs starting to get exposed under okay. center. I think this Cardinals team has been playing above expectations all season. I think that second half was a glimpse, honestly, of what I expect more out of them as the season progresses. So great story, obviously. There's some young talent on this team. I'm not saying that they won't be competitive in some spots, but I just think they're they're playing way above their heads. And I think moving forward, you're going to see some lopsided games for them. So I actually look to fade the Cardinals uh, both this week and moving forward. 
There's, by the way, there's a uh, there's a tropical like wave situation that's forming. It says eighty percent chance, eighty percent chance of a cyclone formation in the next seven days. So nice, and it would be for the Atlantic. So I don't know if that's like like who knows what I don't. That can't be related to the point. That can't be the point spread drop, right? A tidal wave. <laughs> My parents uh, were actually well, yeah. You know, I'm going to tell the story because it, it didn't affect them; it affected other people. But I mean, like they, I anyway. Um, yeah, like a, a tsunami, if you will. I uh, I don't. I think the Cardinals are about to hit a wall. I think they're frisky, oh, but it's like it's okay. like, yeah. I just think the I think the Rams are better than people give them credit for too. And with Co- Cooper Cup looked awesome, he's back, and that's a big win for Matthew Stafford. Like Cooper, you know, we I was talking about how like they say competitive with the Eagles, and it was the underneath stuff. I mean, Philly's defense just locked him down in the second half on on Sunday afternoon. Like that wasn't the Rams failing to succeed. And I don't think the Cardinals can do that. Um, and I think you'll see Sean McVay with plenty of success here. I like, I like the Rams here. Uh, probably like the under as well, just because I don't think either, either team will be able to score. Uh, Eagles at the Jets. Eagles minus six. Jets coming off a huge win. Total 42. This line's already out to six and a half. Um, I think you bet the Eagles now. Yes. And often, if you like, if you if you like the Jets, go for it. But this Eagles defense is rounding into form. Fletcher Cox is probably back. Uh, Elijah Vera Tucker left the game for the Jets. This line is going to get above seven because Philly is undefeated and going to play a team with Zach Wilson at quarterback. And the Jets are coming off their Super Bowl. They beat the Broncos for Nathaniel Hackett. I think you see a, this is a big time letdown spot, uh, for, in my opinion, prop. I concur. Yeah, I think this Eagles uh, defense is tenacious. Jalen Carter, Jordan Davis, the Georgia Bulldog tandem at defensive tackle. These guys are just unbelievable interior disruptors, just dominating the line of scrimmage. I think they're going to just absolutely make life miserable on Zach Wilson in this spot. Uh, one spot I liked a lot that ended up coming through was Dallas Goddard had the huge game, cashed his prop on the first drive. That was obviously uh, nice to see. I think he's going to continue to see a lot of targets against the Jets specifically. They're a bit of a tight end funnel. Tight ends tend to perform very well against the Jets. I think it has something to do with the Jets scheme, coupled with having really good boundary corners in Sauce Gardner. Uh, so, yeah, I look for Goddard to keep momentum going. I think he's a guy that I'll be targeting depending on where his numbers fall. How many interceptions do you guys think Zach Wilson throws? Two? Three? Three. I don't know, man. The Eagles don't catch picks. Like they they drop a lot of yeah. picks. You know what I'm saying? And, and they yeah. like to play in. They might get luckier this week. <laughs> but you can't you can't run against Philly, and like that means Zach Wilson is just going to have to throw if Philly gets any kind of lead against them. And like as good as the Jets defense is, I mean, it's it's fine. It's pretty good. I don't think it's that great. Like it's it's not as good as everybody. Well, they're up. tired. Yeah, sure. I mean, I just don't think. I mean, they're at home. It's a huge game. But Philly, I mean, Philly's Philly might be starting. This might be like a Philly flex game, honestly. That second half against LA has me concerned. Like LA's a way better version of the Jets. Um without the defensive back end. Uh Giants at the Bills. Is that Monday night football? That's a shame. Um uh, Giants don't want any more primetime games. Giants fans are pleading with the NFL to please we don't take want the them. Giants yes. any more primetime yes, games. That too. That too. Uh Bills minus 14. This line down half a point. Total 46 down to 45. Catherine, are you going to back Daniel Jones, who is expected to play in this game? No, you couldn't pay me 
to. <laughs> not only would I not spend my own money, you couldn't pay me to back Daniel Jones in this spot. You know, Bill's obviously coming off a pretty low offensive output um, in London. Of course, again, I'm talking about I, I was profitable last week, but I'm only talking about the bets that I happen to lose here. Um, but yeah, B- Bills did not cover the five and a half. So I think we see a bounce back um, from them. The Giants just can't seem to get anything going on offense. You see how not having Saquon Barkley really, really hurts them. And that O-line is just crumbling. And not that Daniel Jones is great, but he's been he's been getting sacked a lot. And uh, you're going up against the Bills. And you got Von Miller that's, you know, he dipped his toe in and he's getting back to it. So um, I think Daniel Jones is in danger. I think he's going to have a lot of interceptions. I think he's going to be sacked a lot. And I will go ahead. I'm not going to lay the 14 and a half. I might look to Bills first half because they may take their foot off the gas a little bit later. Yeah, don't hate that at all. I think um, I had written down in there, bet Giants net early because Daniel Jones is back, but they basically said he's back in the line moved half a point. So it's like, <laughs> I, this, this is probably not going to get under 13 and under 14. And also, I mean, we've seen too with the Bills, when they lose, they typically come out a little pissed off the next week. And they're coming off an injury plague London game. So expect this game to be a stay healthy game where yeah. you see them get that early. They'll treat this like the second preseason game. Starters going to play about, you know, three quarters and then they'll start taking guys out because they're banged up on a defensive line. They're banged up at linebacker. They're banged up in the secondary and offensively they're going to, this is the perfect game for them to work on their run game. Right. And so look what them try to lean in on all mm. their running backs, get the run game going, try to get a lead, salt a game away I like the under here too. I, it's, I just, I'm just laughing because it was like minus a thousand the money line. <laughs> that's just that's, nuts for an NFL game. Sick. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a joke. Yeah, I, that's a good call on the under because I mean, like they, Matt Milano probably done for the year. Tre'Davious White done for the year, right? Yep. I mean, you know, you're like, you think that you you. It's so crazy how the NFL works like this. But you think you're like, we've got it all going on. Some jackass is yelling the Bills are the best team in football, and then you go to London, lose to the Jaguars because you travel there on Friday, and you lose a key linebacker for the season, and now all of a sudden, like you feel like that defense is hemorrhaging. So yeah, it does make sense to sort of like just kind of tuck it, like you know, tuck in your tuck in your shirt, keep it tight, turtle up. Be enough. Seventeen points should be enough, Bills fans. Right. Like yeah. get to seventeen, and y'all could Cadillac the rest of the way. Exactly. And this is Sunday night, actually, not not Monday oh, Sunday night. night. I'm sorry. Yeah. Which which those primetime games are lower scoring. Um, Either well. way, I don't need the Giants in primetime in my life. The Giants are this year's Broncos, although the Broncos are still the Broncos. They're just not in primetime, thank God. Great, great. Good um, all right. Is that going to do it for our show? It is. Thank you for Whoa. joining us today. Make sure you join us all week long for more NFL coverage. Tomorrow, Brinson, Breach, and Wilson are joined by Pete Prisco to break down his weekly power rankings on CBSSports.com. One last reminder, everybody, please hit that like button, comment, and subscribe on the YouTube page if you're listening to audio only. Download, leave a five-star review, and tell your friends to listen and watch the pod. We will catch y'all on Thursday for our Thursday pick show. But Brinson will be on tomorrow. Peace.